You're listening to Arira Radio's Wonders of Jeju. This is a segment where we tell you about the lives of people living right here on the island. I'm your host, DJ Jamie. This is Humans of Jeju. Jay! Hi, <laughs> Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Oh, I, every time I see you, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's already Thursday. <laughs> and you, you have Happy to drive. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. <laughs> yeah. So you have to drive all the way from Sogipo to come here. So I'm wondering, mm-hmm. you spend most of your day in Sogipo, don't you? And then you just come here because of this section. Or do you actually come for other things? Mm, I'm or, mostly in Sogipo, yeah. You're mostly in Sogipo. Yeah, unless um, I have people visiting. And then, you know, you have to show them around a little bit. Uh-huh. Then I guess I come down to Jeju. Really? Don't but they usually want to go to Sakipo, though? Yeah, they do. But um, they also like to go around the area Oh, yeah, as that's well. right. You know, a lot that's of hot right. places are like in Ewar and... Closer and, to the yeah, Jeju City. Yeah, yeah. Ewar is Jeju City, isn't it? It's close. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Songsan is Sakipo. That's right. Yeah, but Ewar is Jeju Right, right, mm-hmm. right. But 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 are you thinking of it the other way around? You just mm. cut Jeju in half, and half is Sogipo and half is Jeju. <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. So yeah, that's true too. They're quite wide areas. Mm. So how is Sogipo doing? <laughs> Sogipo? I haven't seen Sogipo in a long time. <laughs> oh, well, um, Sogipo is doing fine. That's good yes. to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Weather is Say nice. Hi for me. <laughs> Weather is very nice in Sogipo. Uh, I went down to the um, Jungmun Beach once. Oh, really? And I noticed there were a lot of surfers. surfers. Oh, wow. It's time for surfers. It was surfers. amazing. And there's a, there's a very nice cafe where you can you actually get a great view of the uh, Jungmun Beach <gasps> from really? the top. Really? And, um, oh, you wouldn't believe how many surfers from are the top? actually out there. Yeah, oh, like really? from the cliff. Oh. You know, they have the big cliff at the um, Jungmun right, Beach. Right, right. And if you look down from it, you'll see like a bunch of surfers. Is it a new cafe? I think it's been there for a while. Oh, I mean, really? I just found out about it, but I think oh. it's been there for a while. Oh, I see. So, who are we going to be introducing today? Um, today and next week is going to be quite different. Um, in order to commemorate those of the past mm-hmm. um, who have made impact in their lives living here on Jeju Island, uh, we're actually going to introduce those figures historic figures oh so they're not live people right because we actually didn't get to interview them right yeah, because I they see. passed away but um Too we're bad. going to tell <laughs> stories about their lives and All the types right. of impacts that they made oh wow that sounds interesting as well i'm wondering who uh which um people you chose to bring in today so starting off today uh we're going to introduce probably many of our listeners have heard of already is um Artist Lee Jung Sup. Yes, he's very famous. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's very famous in Sogipo too. A also in even in the mainland though. Uh, of course, yeah, of course. He's yeah. a very famous artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, pr- probably of a modern art of Korea. Right. You know, he's the father right. of. And we're going to talk about a calligraphist, um, Soam Hyun Jung Ha. Hyun Jung Ha. Okay, mm-hmm. calligraphist. Wow, interesting. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a trend these days in Jeju. Uh, One of the things I noticed about uh, Jeju Mm -hmm. Island is that it uh, not only does it have nice restaurants and a lot of chefs are moving to Jeju, Mm. a lot of artists move to Jeju as well. Yes, yes. And that kind of um, sparked different types of arts to come up. 
Mm-hmm. And so you can go get a class. And so there are a lot of calligraphy classes here on Jeju oh, yeah, Island. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard Have of you those. noticed? Yeah, yeah. I've heard of those. So it's interesting that you brought in yeah. a uh, person who was a calligraphist. Tell us about them. Well, we'll start off with um, Lee Jung-seo okay. uh, in Seogipo City, where Lee Jung-seo has stayed temporarily with his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can visit the Lee Jung-seo Memorial Hall, mm-hmm. Lee Jung-seo Street, and the Lee Jung-seo Gallery. Mm. Uh, the city of Seogipo, recognizing his importance, purchased the house that he and his family had lived in, mm-hmm. and they turned it into the Ijungsub Memorial Hall. Oh, wow. And the street in front of that house, uh, which he walked day and night, mm-hmm. was renamed Ijungsub Street. <gasps> I know that place, but I didn't know it was uh, a, a place that he walked day and night. Yeah, really? his, his wow. house is literally right in oh, front of that street. Oh, that's why so, they um, call it Ijungsub mm-hmm. Street then, maybe. If you actually walk up the street, you, you'll see his house oh, that he stayed in. right. The house that mm-hmm. he stayed in. Um, mm. And also, behind the Ijungsub his restored house mm-hmm. is the Ijung Sub Gallery that they built oh, as well. Oh, okay. Well, I know that some people mistake the Seogipo uh, is Ijung Sub's hometown, but it's actually not, right? Right. Is, isn't it? Then where is Ijung Sub from? Uh, he was actually born and raised in which is now North Korean region of Pyongwon. Mm-hmm, really? Uh, this is the South Pyongwon province. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born there in 1916. Oh, I um, see. And this was the period... I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? That he was from North Korea. Mm. Well, oh. this was the period before the two countries separated. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. So I guess technically he's not a North Korean. Well, I mean, that's not a I big mean, surprise, though, because my father is actually from North Korea. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he so moved So we have down. ancestors yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course, of course. I have friends whose, you know, like grandparents were from... Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So a lot of our parents' uh, generations mm-hmm. have moved down or immigrated down south when, right. when the war was happening. Right, so right. my father was like a baby when mm. on my grandmother's back mm-hmm. when, when the war was down. happening mm. and they were moving down right. southwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we still have living history, don't we, about that. <laughs> so that's interesting to know, though. So when did he pursue the dream of becoming an artist? So Lee studied, uh, he studied art in high school, and he was greatly inspired by his high school teacher, art teacher named Im yong Oh. Uh, and this inspired him to become an artist. And at age of 20, uh, he went to Tokyo to continue his art studies. Wow. And there mm-hmm. he entered the Punka Kakuen mm-hmm. uh, institution where he graduated in 1944 and was when he showed the fathest tendencies and a strong free-like drawing styles. Wow. So at a young age, he was able to go abroad to get some professional mm. education in mm-hmm. art. Isn't that interesting? What were some of his earliest works? Uh, one of his earliest work was the 1941 pencil sketch of a bull. Yeah, uh, I saw that one. Uh, bull, this is which Lee Jung-sub showed at a um, group exhibition in Tokyo in 1942. Oh. Uh, it is actually the first of Lee's series of works uh, depicting a uh, bull. I see. Which is a symbol that represented Korea under Japanese colonial oppression. And oh, is that what it meant? Mm. And it was actually one of his favorite subjects uh, used in expressing um, his emotional state. Mm, 
maybe the one I saw wasn't this first one then. The one that you probably saw was uh, it's actually the best known work exactly of his oil painting exactly, uh, and that's called the um, White Ox. Oh, is it mm, okay? And, and this was completed in 1954. Oh. So he has a series of like you know oh. the uh, drawings of bulls. Well, like, that makes sense because a lot of the famous artists they mm-hmm. don't just like come up with a. Famous painting in mm. one queue. Mm. They like research and they keep right, doing it right. over and over mm. again until they come up with their own style. So wow, that does make sense. So besides the bull, then I know that the artist had many other types of drawings as well. What were some of them? Uh, actually, if you look at his paintings, uh, you can tell that his life and art are inseparable. Mm-hmm. Uh, his painting traces the up and downs in his life, mm-hmm. uh, such as the time he was happy living with his family, or depressed after separating from them. Oh, uh, which we're going to talk about their lives more. Um, okay. So the sketches that depict his ill-fated motherland uh, were soon replaced by the images that depict happy children. Uh, and this was from 1950, mm-hmm. when he had two sons with his Japanese wife, uh, Masako Yamamoto, mm-hmm. uh, who he met uh, while studying at Tokyo. Oh. Uh, so the subject of his artworks, um, you know, at that time, from the bull, kind of changed to like chicken, children, family, and so on. Like oh, happy more. I see. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm so envious of people who are good at art, <laughs> even <laughs> though this was a long time ago. <laughs> if you are in Jeju, 88.7 in Jeju City, 88.1 in Sogipu City, 101.9 in the Daejeong area. We're talking about special artists uh, right, from the Lee past, Lee Jung Sop. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about Lee Jung Sop's early life and mm-hmm. his paintings, but how how did he and his family end up in Jeju Island? Uh, so in 1945, Lee Jung Sop and Masako Yamamoto, his wife, right, uh, who took on the Korean name Lee Nam Duk. Oh. Um, when they got married in Korea. Oh, I see. So following the outbreak of the Korean War, uh, Lee and his family frequently moved around the country, actually. Oh. And first they took refugee in uh, Busan. Uh-huh. But with the fear of the war's progress, mm. um, his family fled to Jeju Island. Oh. So it was during the war, he and his family spent a year as a refugee in um, Sogipo. Oh. And they lived in a very small leased house. Um, but was th- this was a place where he really was productive with oh, his artwork really? and wow. produced many of his masterpieces. So. Wow. So he was an early immigrant to Jeju Island. Mm. Wow, I didn't realize that. I mean, I, I've heard of that many people went down to Busan, mm. all the way down south to mm-hmm. get away from the war. Mm. But I didn't know that some people... Came, came to farther, the island yeah, down south. <laughs> of Jeju as mm. well. Wow. So but this, I mean, it was a yeah. temporary uh, stay. I see, mm-hmm. I see. Um, because back then, there probably was nothing here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No cafes. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, uh, yeah, that was a yeah. long, long time ago. So this is the house which now is Lee Jung Sup's memorial hall that you mentioned in the beginning. For our listeners who have not visited this house, can you explain how the small place was? Uh, so the house that Lee and his family lived in was a thatched roof ha- uh, house uh, mm-hmm. with actually three rooms. The traditional house. Right. Um, however, the whole house was not for the family. Oh. Actually, there was an owner of the house. 
Okay. And the owner was Kim Sun Bok. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Lee and his families came here, uh, came to her house, mm-hmm. and they just came with like this bundle. <laughs> uh, just two bundle, they say, uh, without any supplies for living. I see. Uh, she generously gave them a room for them to stay. Oh, that's very nice. And she even provided them with like supplies such as like oh. plates, spoons, and blankets. Wow. Uh, and the tiny room that the family lived in, they say it measured a mere um, 1.5 meters by <gasps> 2.4 meters. Wow, that's very tiny. Uh, it's uh, it's like the space behind you. Yeah, <laughs> and I had a chance to go see the house because, yeah. I, you know, I, I live right there in Seogipo. Uh-huh. And um, you'd be really surprised if you saw how tiny that room really? was. And try to imagine a family of four, <gasps> you know, wow. trying to stay in that room. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very tiny. Wow. Um, but another interesting story here is that um, grandmother Kim Sunbo, mm-hmm. the owner of the house, mm-hmm. today she still lives in that house. <gasps> Even until today? Yes. She's still alive? Yes. And generously, wow. she approved the house being restored as Ijungsa Memorial Hall. Oh, so wow. So y- you can tell how giving this person is. And oh, wow. Why is she not like famous? <laughs> I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. She probably is well-known, though. Mm. Wow. Well, for a family of four to live in such a tiny place must have been really tough for the family, yeah, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, even though the family struggled to make ends meet, uh, it was actually one of the happiest times for Lee and certainly the most productive in art-wise as well. Uh, even Lee's wife later recalled that it was the happiest time for the family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as so, it was um, here in Sogipo that Lee created paintings that portray children playing with crabs and fish. Oh, and, and, isn't that lovely? Yeah, and his, a lot of his paintings were very cheerful uh, with colors. Um, however, such happiness do come to an end. Oh, what what happened? <laughs> um, due to financial hardships and safety, uh, Lee actually had to send his wife and his two sons back to Japan. Oh, no. Um, initially, they planned it as a kind of a temporary arrangement mm-hmm. uh, in July of 1952. Uh-huh. And during that time, Lee sent, like, numerous letters and postcards with drawings to his wife oh, and children. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, and they were hoping that they would soon be re- reunited. Mm-hmm. Um he painted and wrote to express his love and longing for his wife and children uh-huh. and his desperation to see them again. Mm. Um, and they say there's about 60 letters mm-hmm. um, consisting of 160 pages <gasps> that wow. still remain today. And they're love letters, mm. aren't they? Uh, yeah, and and some of those uh, are being ex- um, exhibited. Well, so. I remember going many, many years back, I think maybe six or seven years ago when I first came to Jeju. I went here uh-huh. and I saw the love letters. You went to the uh, museum? Yeah, the museum. and the, mm-hmm. it was very touching, I mm-hmm. remember, but it's been a long time so I'm feeling like, oh, I would like to go again to take another look mm. at them just to call back my memory. Yeah. So how tough was it during that time? And it's interesting because our hashtag today is struggle. Oh, wow. And we're talking about how Lee Jung-sub went through struggles in right, his life. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, so Lee's rare tinfoil paintings are well known by the artist as well. Uh, and during this time when art materials such as paper and paint became scarce uh, during the war, uh, Lee used the foil lining of cigarette packs as a canvas. Oh. Uh, he scratched lines into the tin foil, applied paint, and wiped it away. Uh, and this huh. would leave colors uh, 
etched lines and portrayed subjects such as like happy family, a couple, happy children, and animals. Wow. So these foil drawings, they were actually donated to the Museum of Modern Art, New York. Uh-huh. And it's actually considered the start of Lee's posthumous uh, fame. Wow, I see. I mean, this relates to my family because my father, when he was young during the war time, mm-hmm. he wanted to, he was good at drawing too, oh, but wow. they didn't, they were so poor at the mm. time. He didn't have paper, so he would use like the wallpaper oh, and right. like pull it off of the wall oh, like, wow. <laughs> or things like that or use like old, uh, calendars and things like that. You should wow. gather those, you know. Yeah, Do you, I mean, does I he think, still have No, them? I don't. He oh, doesn't no, have no. any of those. <laughs> He has his modern arts, but not the uh-huh. old the old uh, paintings. Right. Wow, but it's interesting to hear his stories. So was Lee and his family able to reunite finally? Uh, Lee and an attempt to earn money for a trip to Japan and to buy um, bicycles for his two sons. Uh, he actually moved around the country. Uh, and following a week-long visit to see his family in Japan in July of 1953, mm-hmm. uh, he was full of optimism that he would be able to permanently reunite with them. Yeah. Um, from 1953 to 1954, Lee lived in Tongyang. <gasps> That's also a beautiful place. Mm. And, you know, he earned a salary from teaching craft at school. Oh, really? Um, however, due to hardships, um, he was never able to save up enough money oh, no. to move and reunite with his family. Oh, that's sad. Uh, so he actually never met his family again, <gasps> except for that short meeting in Tokyo in um, 1953. <gasps> really? Mm. Oh, that's a sad story, isn't it? Well, eventually, what happened to uh, Lee Jung-sup? So Lee later re- uh, returned to Seoul. And in 1953, he held one private exhibition at the Gallery of uh, Midopa Department Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he actually, there, he failed to collect money from the sales of his paintings. Oh, no. Yes. That's so yeah. sad. So um, living in extreme financial hardship caused him, like, great despair. Uh-huh. And eventually, Lee's health uh, <gasps> it deteriorated. Oh. Uh, rapidly due to like longings of his family oh, and no. stress from hardships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So without fulfilling his wish to see his family one last time, oh. uh, Lee died alone on September 6th oh, of no. 1956 so at the Red Cross Hospital in Seoul. Oh, I see. Uh, and, you know, when he passed away, he had no close friends or family by <gasps> his side. Oh. So actually, Lee's life, uh, it ended in short lifespan of 40 years. Only 40 yeah. years. Uh, and um, his 20-year career from 1930s to 50s. Wow, mm. wow, wow. So his career was very short as well, you yeah. know, 20 years. But despite that, his art is living on eternally yes. and is being loved by so many people now. So I hope his spirit knows that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, that's a, such a touching story, isn't it? Yes. Wow. Oh, so when was the last time you've enjoyed uh, seeing his paintings? Oh, it's been a while. Actually. It's been a while. Yes, mm-hmm, yeah. but I mean, uh, you can see his paintings online as well. Right, you know, right. You see pictures of it. Uh huh. Like even though I didn't actually have the chance to actually see the painting. That's so true. You can easily you, come across you know, it. Yeah, if you look up Lee Jung Sub, you'll see some of his pictures. Right. And they have like a portrait on in Chaguri mm-hmm. If you go to Sagipo City, right. There's a big like a, uh, I, I guess you'll say statue uh-huh. of his paint. The bull. 
No, it's not the oh, bull. Oh, it's a statue. It's of... actually the painting that he drew um, looking at the sea of Sogipu. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Wow, that sounds interesting as well. Arirang. 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 Radio. We're talking about uh, humans from the past. Yes. And today our topic is Lee Jung-sop, the mm. famous artist. So we've heard about the story of Lee Jung-sop's life, but you mentioned we have one more figure to introduce. Yes. Uh, another historical figure we're going to introduce today is Soam Hyun Jung-hwa, mm -hmm. uh, who is actually the master of Korean calligraphy uh, during the 20th century. The master. Yes. And Soam Hyun Jung-hwa is a calligraphist and an educator born right here, uh, well, not here, but over there, over there. <laughs> in, in, in Popandong, um, Sogipo <clears throat> City in 1907. <laughs> Popandong is, by the way, a very lovely place. Mm, and very opposite from here. It's very so, opposite. Yeah. I actually used to go... Uh, it's at opposite end, is that where you? Is that close to where you live? Uh, yeah, it's like 15 minutes. Oh, uh, of driving. Of driving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I used to go to a hair salon that was located in Popanso. Oh, wow. <laughs> All the way from Jeju City. Well, because I used to work uh -huh. at the international school, which is in the middle. Okay. In Taejong area. Oh, yeah, yeah. So from That's there. That's still far. I know it's very far. Actually, it doesn't wow. make sense to uh -huh. go from Taejong to <laughs> Sogipo, but I don't know. I somehow was introduced to a lovely par uh, okay. parlor there. Uh -huh. And so I would go. I went like for a healing trip. Oh. And the the hair salon is very beautiful. It looks mm. down at the ocean. Ocean, yeah. Yeah. It's a very beautiful place. Yeah. And you know, when we have like um typhoons, mm -hmm. do you know Bopan, right the coastline of Bopan is where they film the um like the how strong the wind oh, is. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must mean it looks very like chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, but it looks very peaceful when it's sunny. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, that's a very, very nice area. So can you explain to our listeners what the what Korean calligraphy is? So calligraphy is an artistic domain in which the format and the significance of characters are composed of dots and strokes uh, through the usage of brush and ink. Uh, it is similar to abstract drawing. Uh, the dots and the strokes gather to form characters, and the characters combine to form phrase. And collection of these phrases create a work of art at the movement of the brush. Uh, you, so the way you 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 say this is is so artistic. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, it it's is. It's like the definition. Well, so. I mean, even though <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining like the dots and the uh -huh. the brushes going. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there isn't like old saying that the personality of the writer mm -hmm. is actually revealed uh, explicitly uh, in his writing or her writing. Um, our ancestors considered calligraphy as an important means of nurturing human dispositions and safeguarded the value of calligraphy. Mm. Uh, so from such perspective, calligraphy uh, must be considered as a valuable cultural heritage of Korea with tradition and practicality. Right. Well, I mean, calligraphy mm. nowadays, when you when you see calligraphy, it's mm -hmm. merely just um, writing letters on paper, mm. but in a stylish way. But back then, if you look at the calligraphy, it's a little different. It does have a little bit more of a artistic 
feel to it. Mm -hmm. And if just so that our listeners have a little bit more understanding, the the traditional Korean painting Mm. was only done with black ink Mm, and water. Mm -hmm. But still, they were able to instill the images of mountains and and the Korean Mm. uh, geography and Mm -hmm. all of that. And And they use a lot of um, Chinese characteristics. Yeah, Uh, exactly. They have a meaning to the, you know, like the message. Right, exactly. And the brush strokes have a lot of energy in them. So how did Hyun Jung-hwa become a calligraphist? So he grew up from a father who is very strict on discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, So growing up, he learned Chinese literature and basics of calligraphy uh, from his father. And after graduating school in Sogipo, he went. He also went abroad to Japan uh, to continue oh. his studies wow. about calligraphy. Uh, and many of his works and achievements he made were during his time in Japan. And even after the uh, Korea had regained independence from Japan, he continued his life in Japan, where he is, uh, where he participated in many exhibition contests and even received many awards. There. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So when did he come back to Korea then? So in 1955, he came back to Korea to his hometown, Jeju Island. Uh, when he came back, he taught Jeju College of Education as mm. an ethics professor. Mm-hmm. And in 1957, um, he changed his career to become a teacher at Sogipo Middle School. I respect teachers. Mm. It's so a very he's a, difficult he's an job. He's educator as well. Wow. So while working as a teacher, he continued his works as a um, calligraphist and participated in national art exhibitions. Wow. He even participated in like private exhibitions <coughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through his works in national art exhibitions, uh, he was acknowledged for his skills. Uh, which eventually led him to become a judge of the um, National Art Exhibitions as well. Oh, very active, wasn't Mm. he? Well, it seems like he is an important figure in the Korean calligraphy world and history. Uh, When was the Soa Memorial Hall established? Can you tell us a little bit about the background? Yeah, so Soa Hyun Jung Ha passed away uh, in 1997. Mm. Uh, And this was when he was 90, 90 years old. Well, he lived for a long yeah, time yeah. during that time. And, mm-hmm. they, and they say um, until then, he had continued his practice in calligraphy. Oh. So he, he was still doing his work. Until uh, he was like 90 years yeah, old. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and in 2007, to commemorate uh, the 10th year memorial of his death and his 100th year of birth, mm-hmm. a special exhibition of his works were held at the Calligraphy Museum of Seoul. Oh. And that same year, the Soham Memorial Hall was actually established oh, here in Sogipo. Oh, that's mm. how it was established. And that's located in Sogipo? Yes, located ah. just below the um, Ijungsub Street. Oh, okay. So they're very close by. Oh, wow. Yeah. How interesting is that as well? Oh, so you can stop by two places, right? Right, right. Wow. Okay, so what can we see at this uh, Soa Memorial Hall? So at the Soa Memorial Hall <coughs> that sheds light on um, Soa Hyunjung-ha mm-hmm. is composed of the permanent exhibition hall. They have a planning exhibition hall as well. They have the Jobam Sambang that displays his life story. Mm-hmm. And the creation workshop. Um, here you can learn about Soam Hyunjung-ha's life story. Uh, you can see his art and his eternal masterpieces as well as pictures of his painting. Uh, oh, I see. Well, I just um, plugged into my computer to see uh, the Soam Art Museum's website. And mm. you can take a look at the 
exhibitions that are being held there with some paintings. So it's a lovely website that you can go to and get more information about that as well. It looks quite modern, though. Yes, yes. The museum itself. Well, it opened in 2007. Ah, I see. End of 2007. Oh, okay. I I think it was officially opened in early 2008. Oh, I see. And the building itself is quite interesting as well. So if you want to take a look at that, you should do that as well. Yeah, it's quite, um, even though it's not huge, Mm -hmm. it's, how should I say, it It has a very cute exterior. Yes, and there uh, you can see his works, but also they have a figure of him. It is like workshop. Uh So you actually get the feel of um, how he was working in his workshop as well. Oh, I see. You know, this kind of reminds me of the Rodin Museum in Paris because it's quite small, Mm. but it has a little garden in front. Oh, wow. And this one as well, it has a kind of a feel that you're going into a a huge house Mm. with a front yard. So it has a very family feel to it, as if you're walking into a house. How lovely. I I wish I could go there someday. Mm. And I think admission is free, so... um, Oh, the admission is free. Good to know. (laughs) All right. Jay, thank you so much for bringing in this uh, interesting story today. And I hope uh, to see you again next week. Yes. With more information. Yes. Yes. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Take care until then. You too. Well, I hope you enjoyed that segment. If you're curious to find out more about Jeju, we encourage you to go check out our website at arirangradio.com forward slash Wonders of Jeju. Or you can check out our Facebook page at Wonders of Jeju as well as our Instagram page at Wonders of Jeju. We're going to take you on a journey to learn more about what's happening here on the island. 